coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss a good ransomware day. Europol arrests individuals linked to ransomware attacks. Next up, a one-trick bot pony. The extradition of a Russian national. And, of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 101, recorded on November 1st, 2021. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, 100 and Pond LaBelle, with me, co-host Chad. You're being so extra dighted right now, Anderson. And last but not least, Tim, Locker Gaga? I don't even know her Gaga. Helming. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I always feel like that that joke ought to be with a Boston accent. Laka Goga? I don't even know a Goga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's the proper way. I agree. My uh, natal city. There, there, to... How's that? I just I just screwed up by opsec. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I that's a a Boston of... in England because there's one over there too. Oh, yeah. There's probably a, a Boston, Ohio, and a Boston, Washington. They're probably. everywhere. They're all over the place. There's a place in uh, in British Columbia called Boston Ba. Is it near Harvard Yard? No, it's near Spuzzum. <laughs> Wicked. <laughs> oh, my family, uh, one, one side of my family is predominantly in the Boston, the greater Boston area, and we used to always give them a hard time and say they had an accent, and they always used to say, we were here first. You're the ones with the accent. That's a pretty bulletproof argument. <laughs> That's right. There's a there's a solid three towns in Kyrgyzstan named Boston. Uh, just, <laughs> so you know, like that could be. There's also Boston is a neighborhood in Medellin, so they, you might be from. That's how they talk in Colombia, actually. I'm sure Chad knows. didn't look this stuff up. He just this is who we're dealing with here. He just knows these things. Mm. He just knows you, Tim. He just gave away so much PII right now. You must That's be true. livid. My OPSEC is, yeah. is done. I Swap know you're sec. from Boston, Uzbekistan, okay? In the Karakalapakistan region. Great. <laughs> I, I'm just giving up. I'm going off the internet entirely. This is all Uzbekistan Which actually is comedy. probably a good idea. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Well, should we share some? I, I mean, I would consider this better news than typical if we're going to talk about ransomware um should we talk about hap i don't know if happy is quite the right word more pleasant things than we typically do on the podcast it's not all doom and gloom folks that's right happy little ransomwares <laughs> just paint those in right there <laughs> the happy little ransomwares chad did you dress up as bob ross for halloween uh, no, I didn't. Nope, nope. I I dressed as my uh, my true self, which is really easy. I dress as a as a dad on vacation in Hawaii, so it's easy every year. You know, it's just the the white socks with sandals <laughs> and the the golf shorts, the Hawaiian shirt, the camera around the neck. We were uh, Holly and I were uh, coming back from a trip yesterday, and uh, we got back. So we realized, you know, we didn't we didn't prepare for all the little ghosts and goblins in the neighborhood. So uh, we got home right at prime trick-or-treating hour, and I was just feeling the shame of having it. And especially because, you know, we got one of those sensor lights when you come to the porch, so it, it looks like 
hey, this is going to be a promising house. And, uh, and yet nobody was there to hand anything out. So naturally, we did what you would expect us to do, which is, of course, to hide <laughs> and turn off all the lights. Oh my <laughs> and gosh. I actually did sneak out and, and buy some candy and quickly put it out into a self-serve bowl out there on the porch. But I felt terrible. So did you have the issue as well where, like, I bought candy on the last day. All the Halloween candy is gone. So I ended up having to purchase a lot of Christmas candy to hand out, uh, oh. which just conflated holidays. Uh, you know, mine was probably Too even per- worse. Uh, I, I, was ha- <laughs> I was down to caramels and uh, peppermint starburst min- mints. I mean, oh it probably gosh. doesn't get a lot worse than that other than raisins, which are truly the absolute worst Halloween giveaway thing that's there's a bunch of kids they're just going to remember hating your house i know i know we're going to get we're going to get egged or tp'd or both or get raisined can't reason with raisins you know what i'm saying oh my god you know handing out raisins on halloween is just punitive (laughs) it's the coal of the halloween holiday i will say it really is it really is you know sorry you raisin lovers but i mean halloween is not for raisins there's got to be a good holiday for a raisin, though. There's... I, I mean, it's raisin hell, right? You know, it makes sense. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's you, you raise a good point. Hey! <laughs> well, speaking of raisin hell, um, we, we have a good ransomware day to discuss. Last week, Europol announced a major arrest of individuals who I am only going to assume like raisins, and are also believed to be linked to ransomware attacks. And at this rate, Tim, I think D.A.R.E., uh, that program will be long gone. I think it already is gone, but I think it might rear its head again and be called rare to get people away from ransomware at a young age. And do we have any information regarding what individuals arrested deployed in terms of ransomware strains and how many individuals were even arrested by well, Europol. To your, to your first point, yeah, we, we, this will help the Utes if we start a, uh, a rare program. So are we targeting the Utah football team? Targeting, targeting these two Utes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. No. Okay. Let's talk about the story. So <laughs> picture Kelsey trying to reel us back to the the whole point of the episode today, because <laughs> as we go off on these tangents, it's like trying to pull that ship that blocked the Suez Canal with that that one little little Earth mover. But we know you can do it anyway. All right, to this this uh, yeah this announcement from Europol. So this particular dirty dozen did do dastardly deeds, depended on deployment of Dharma, and definitely deputized the deadly duo Locker Goga and Mega Cortex as well. But Kelsey, digging deeper, the dorks displayed dependence on TrickBot, followed by the usual suspects, Cobalt Strike and PowerShell Empire for lateral movement. I, that is the best alliteration, hands down, I've ever heard in my lifetime. And I almost need to know what inspires you (laughs) to go on these alliterative soliloquies. Tirades. Tirades, yes. What happened? I love it. <laughs> Something just got into my brain, and I don't. It's a, it's a problem. An alliterative earwig, that you could yeah. not rid. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> no, no, a pleasant earwig. 
a happy earwig. It's just, you just crack me up because especially in the early days of the podcast, when you were on one, when it came to using different font, as we talked about in the hundredth episode, I feel like we're going to have a run of alliterations is my hope not to put any pressure on you. So, you know, you did mention a few ransomware strains in your alliterative run. Can you brush us up on their history and their their general severity, let's say? Yeah, well, you know, how long do we have for this show? Now, let me see what I can do and break it down for you here. So first up, Dharma, Dharma ransomware, which is also known as Crisis. Uh, it's a pretty nasty Trojanized virus that targets Windows and it's used to extort, you know, your average home computer user, but also uh, smaller medium organizations. And so kind of a cute factoid about it uh, in the typical Dharma fish that's out there, the user is requested to download a password protected attachment named defender.exe. So then you got Locker Goga, uh, which was famous uh, among the other, other things for being what was behind the Norsk Hydro attack in 2019. And so once it's installed, Locker Goga modifies user accounts uh, by changing their passwords, and it also tries to log off uh, anybody who's logged into the system. Then it pops itself into a temp folder uh, and renames itself uh, using the command line. But, you know, maybe the cutest thing about this one is that uh, it doesn't uh, generally give the victims a chance to recover their files or ask for payment. So it's really kind of out there just for being disruptive. And then, uh, let's see, we mentioned Mega Cortex. So uh, this one, um, the Windows domain controller is kind of a key. So once a vulnerable domain controller is compromised, and we've seen over many episodes how that happens uh, on the regular, as they say. So once that happens, the attacker can configure it to drop a, a batch file, psexec, and uh, also winit.exe, which is the core malware file uh, component. Um, and drops it onto these uh, the infected machines from the domain controller. And so PSExec, it's kind of like the advanced team that goes and neutralizes the environment so the bad guys can do their deeds. In this case, um, it'll terminate any Windows processes or other services that might uh, get in its way. And then it spins up that winit.exe, which searches for files that can be encrypted and... Uh, a DLL with a random generated file name is also extracted and run with uh, run32, run dll32.exe, and that does the encryption. Now, so the, uh, pretty much what I've described here is kind of routine stuff in the ransomware world. And we, you have to keep in mind in this story, these arrests are the culmination of a pretty lengthy uh, piece or multiple pieces of police work. So when we're looking at the malware here that's involved, we're kind of doing some time travel back to around 2019. So what I just described aren't necessarily the latest uh, malware strains out there. And there are a lot of detections for these out there, sort of on the slightly brighter side of things. Wow. Well said there, Tim. Went into a lot of detail on a number of subjects. Really appreciate it. And getting back to the original topic at hand. Yeah, here, get to the point again. Get to me. the point. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> when, you know, just talking about when these arrests occurred and what the impact is. So what, what law force groups or departments were involved in these arrests and where do they occur 
and I think most importantly, what what really happens next in this process? Great questions in there. Well, it was the 26th of October in the far-off lands of Ukraine and Switzerland uh, that these arrests were made. Or they're not far-off lands for all our listeners in Ukraine and Switzerland represent. Anyway, uh, this was quite the constabulary cooperation with a total of 10 uh, different nations or groups involved. And if you go a layer deeper into those countries and the organizations, uh, you get up to 15 entities and a total of 50, that's a five zero, investigators that all work together on getting these uh, arrests. But how, you might ask, did this all start? Well, it started with the French. Uh, a joint investigation team, which strangely enough has nothing to do with cannabis, uh, was set up in September of 2019 between Norway, France, uh, the UK, and Ukraine uh, with uh, some financial support from Eurojust. And uh, that was when the uh, Norsk Hydro attack, which some people might recommend, uh, remember, not recommend, don't recommend that, uh, when that occurred. <laughs> anyway, so the partners in this uh, joint investigation task force have, uh, since then, they've been cooperating closely uh, in parallel with some independent investigations that the Dutch and the U.S. were doing um, to figure out what what all was actually uh, connected here with the whole magnitude of all these criminal activities. Um, and they did all of that to establish a joint strategy. So see, it was, a joint strategy has nothing to do with the favored pastime of both Snoop and Willie Nelson. And then, so what, what happens next? Where do they go from here? Well, and whenever you've got arrests, right, you've got... Uh, potentially a goldmine of sources to uh, that could help you make further arrests uh, on down the line, and they'll doing they'll be doing a lot of forensics on whatever assets they've been able to seize. And by that, I don't just mean that they're test driving the Lambos, um, but you know they might have to do that too. Test driving the Lambos that's a that's a requirement. You know, actually, I don't even know for sure if the luxury vehicles that were seized were Lambos, but like, it seems like it's always Lambos with these guys. <laughs> now they're in limbo without their Lambo. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was, that was that a was, Chad. That was very Chadian, wasn't it? That was. It was, was Chadian. Chad. <laughs> Channeling Chad. There's the alliterations again. Ah. You're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, are there any details about the individuals themselves and how highly coveted they were? in terms of targets for these law enforcement groups? Yeah, well, you know, one thing we know about them is they did suffer from that cybercrime Achilles heel, automotive vanity. But yeah, let's, so let's dig in a little bit to what they were up to uh, besides lighting cigars with $1,000 euro bills. Um, so the targeted suspects had different roles uh, within these organizations. Some of them were really on the tech side uh, working like on the penetration phase, using the various mechanisms to compromise the victim environments. They did brute force attacks. They did SQL injections. They stole creds. They did, uh, you know, phishing with attachments, all the usual stuff, right? And so then some of these uh, other folks that were arrested seem to have been more on the money side, uh, in charge of laundering the ransom payments, um, you know, funneling the, the Bitcoin through various uh, cleansing mixing services before they cashed out. Hmm. Well, then what, Tim, are the, what, what is the impact of these arrests? And this has happened more frequently, or at least there's been more media coverage, it seems, over the last year. 
um, or last six months even of these types of arrests or extraditions, which we'll get to a little bit more later. But do we do we think there's a little bit of a uh, a situation where somebody else will just fill that space, or do you see this being something that will positively impact over a long tier, a period of time uh, the interwebs, the information superhighway, if you will? First of all, for the dastardly dozen who are now residing behind bars, I can tell you, Kelsey, as far as impact, they're going to have to totally recalibrate both their fashion regimes and their diets. <laughs> but, you know, for the rest of us, uh, I think there are two ways to look at this. So from one point of view, this is a drop in the bucket. Um, even though this was a big deal, the activities that were represented by these uh, groups that were compromised by the arrest, they, they were far ranging, right? They were into a lot of things. And so these were big fish. In the grand scheme of things, um, it's not real likely that the pace of ransomware is going to slow in any noticeable way, at least not for long. But then there's another perspective, and this is what I think is more interesting, which deals with the question of what are we going to learn from this operation in terms of looking at ways to disrupt the ransomware business model, which, which is something that more and more people are emphasizing as key to getting our arms around this thing. And, you know, getting better at the kind of international cooperation that you saw on display here. And um, maybe it'll lead to some policy changes that will smooth uh, the way toward um, seizing assets and uh, carrying out some of these other activities. So basically, in short, you know, did what we learned from this operation, and when I say we, I really mean the governments and law enforcement entities involved from uh, did what they learned in doing this help them do more of these and become more and more effective? You know, it's a muscle that they're developing. So uh, hopefully that muscle's getting stronger and stronger and we can can just kind of build on this one and do more of them. Hopefully their muscles get stronger and the actors atrophy to take a trick out of your book there, Tim. Well, it's time for our hoodie rating, which is our systematic way to give you a sense of how impactful this should be to your day-to-day -day as a defender. And so that's from zero to 10, 10 being very, very bad, zero being fairly neutral. And we do have a positive scale. We call it our goodie rating. Not that I'm trying to bias um, what will be Chad's hoodie rating here, but I'd be curious, starting with you after you've heard Tim's analysis, what you think, Chad? Heavy goodies. Love a good arrest. Um, I'll do, let's do eight out of 10 goodies, four out of five goodies, uh, reduced. <laughs> Way to bring those fractions back into play. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Got to keep yourself sharp. You know, the only, it's the only math you do, um, if you don't go into like academic mathematics, um, for the rest of your life. <laughs> I would say that's a divisive hoodie rating. Hmm. Nice. 72 <laughs> out of 80 hoodies if you don't care about reducing your, uh, your, your or goodies, I mean, if you don't care about reducing your goodies. <laughs> more goodies, more goodies. Yeah, for this season, you don't want to reduce your goodies, um, <laughs> especially if you're a kid. You want as big of a pile of goodies as you can. Give us the goodies. Tim, if you were to reduce your 72 80ths, I'm going to test you here. What Actually, I wasn't. I don't think I was right about that. I think it would be sixty-four eightieths is what uh, sixty-four out of eighty goodies is what 
Chad gave them. Oh, uh, oh I see, I see, I see. I thought I it was, was your mean, rating. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just screwing up Chad's rating. My rating, actually, the my, where my gut went was, in fact, the 72 out of 80 goodies or 9 out of 10. Um, I think because the what I didn't mention in the article itself when I was talking about it, um, but was how many different countries were involved in the, uh, in the effort. And I just, so I think that's exciting. And I do think um, that it might portend the ability to do more of these and hopefully do them faster. Um, but anyway, I'm going to go ahead and just be the cockeyed optimist here and give this nine out of 10 or 72 out of 80 goodies. I'm impressed that you prioritize the rating system over your alliterative prowess. I'll just give you, you know, the, credit the for that. You know, the alliteration, it just, it happens when it happens and, you know, it comes, it goes. Right Organic now it's kind of dormant, but it'll come back. <laughs> you know, you know what the annoying thing is about alliteration though is like, I don't know if this happens to you, but when I'm writing, sometimes it happens by itself and I totally don't want it. <laughs> and I'm like, then I'm going out of my way to come up with synonyms to break the alliteration because it drives me crazy. But, you know, there are times when it's just a heck of a lot of fun. What a thing to have to saturate your alliteration in your writing. That's true skill when it just pours out of you. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk about a one-trick bot pony, and that's the best you're going to get. Um, so a Russian national suspected of being a member of a cyber criminal group known for deploying some gnarly malware, some gnarly malware, has been extradited from South Korea to the United States and has made their first appearance in federal court. So it's time for a history lesson, Chad. We haven't done DNS history slash Chad's history lesson in a long time and i think it's helpful to just share with our audience a little bit about the history of trickbot oh yeah so the well first the etymology of gnarly uh, no just kidding uh <laughs> i can't actually read trickbot uh without hearing the intro to mystery science theater 3000 in my head um so i'm gonna give it to you now uh it's trickbot conti ryu Miz, we'll send them shitty malware. The worst we can find. La la la, but he'll have to sit and reverse them all while we monitor his mind. La la la. So, you're welcome for that. Uh... <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I prepared that for you. Um, you Tim, can you just got one upped. Yeah. I mean, how do we, you know, how do we not just end the show now on that? high note i mean thanks folks this has been another uh, episode of breaking badness yeah I, this is actually my last show i don't know if i told you guys i'm just uh, i'm quitting on my high note which i can't even hit the high notes as you could tell he's about to drop his usb podcast mic yeah oh. <laughs> that's actually he doesn't have an external mic he just calls his microphone and his macbook mic yeah short yeah. for michael oh yes speak closer to the michael I'll be releasing a mixtape um, that if you put it into your machine, the uh, auto run will uh, launch a piece of malware and add you to my botnet. So you're welcome. <laughs> Actually, I think it's the opposite. I'm, I'm going to start when I meet guys who introduce themselves as Mike. I'm going to say oh, it's short for microphone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> will good. you incorporate 
when the botnet drops into some of the music that I, I would like to think that there is some music that exists as a part of that, you know, so it's not for not. Oh yeah. That's, that's the stones, right? When the botnet drops. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so is Tim short for timpani or <laughs> obviously. <laughs> okay. Back to the task at hand. Tambourine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anytime I meet a Tammy, is that short for uh tambourine? Timingle. Um so Trickbot, uh, in all seriousness, is a piece of malware that goes back to 2016. Um it's spread through a ton of different methods, including um the classic emotet uh used to drop Trickbot if you remember. And it's evolved over the years, originally as a banking Trojan then shifted to stealing keys, propagating through a network, stealing AD credentials. Um, eventually in 2020, it started infecting Linux systems as well and having some more capabilities there. On top of that, uh, back in 2019, 2020, something, somewhere around there, it started to get known for installing both the Ryuk and Conti families of ransomware. Uh, so it's now seen as kind of an initial infection that often leads to the next set of trouble, whether that be ransomware or something else terrible on your network. Um, but TrickBot has been both creative in its mutation and prolific over the last six years. Well said, and let's return to the present moment. I don't know why, I just wanted to do a little meditation bit there. Let's be present, Chad. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what we know in this moment <laughs> about the expedition. Yeah, so I've got another song for this. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'll that. Uh, so... A couple months back, uh, you may remember the USDOJ picked up um, Alawite, uh, I might pronounce that uh, correctly, might not, um, also known as Max. And it was a Latvian national who was accused of writing chunks of the TrickBot code. So the research community kind of knew that multiple developers worked on these things. But uh, as the case has progressed, it's kind of appeared that maybe she worked on only individual components, perhaps didn't know the extent of what she was working on, or that this was somehow siloed. Um, I doubt that, but... That's some of the murmur and arguments that have been uh, I've seen float around in the research community. And we've certainly seen other cybercrime groups um, having done that before, where they'll hire a developer to work on a specific component, um, not telling them about the larger project. Uh, and that way they can kind of, um, you know, work with regular groups without letting them in on the larger picture. So anyways, this new extradition is of Vladimir uh, Dunev. I mean, may have also butchered that last name, but another person tied to TrickBot. Uh, it's further showing um, what the FBI stated in their press release, which uh, I really love this quote, so I'm just going to read it in full. Um, Pursuing cyber criminals can, requires considerable patience, expertise, and resources, but the FBI has a long memory and will ensure that these malicious actors cannot evade detection or avoid the full weight of law enforcement actions. Uh, which that's a great line. <laughs> but uh, anyways, they grabbed Dunayev in Southeast Asia, extraditing him through South Korea into the Northern District of Ohio for trial in this case. Oh my gosh. Ohio. Mm -hmm. That yeah, was a I, plot twist. I yeah. heard uh, great things are happening there. So. <laughs> well, I was gone this weekend, so that's probably why. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Wait, you were picking someone up in South Korea. Yep. Yeah. We don't talk about that on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um well wow, Chad. First of all, rough day thank for you. everyone's opsec here, huh? Yeah, wow. Just throwing us all under the bus one by one. I'm I'm really curious what the key takeaways are about uh, I'm really curious what the key takeaways are from the indictment. It's a fairly long document. Anything that 
you took away as something you'd like to share from the podcast? Yeah. So first, um, you know, they, they claim the document that the TrickBot group began working in 2015, according, according to what's in there. So uh, they must have intelligence that I had not seen in the past um, that puts the TrickBot malware um, before. Maybe that was when they were beta testing or something. But uh, on top of that, it speaks to there being a much larger TrickBot group that has used freelance programmers like Alawite, uh, it sounds like, to create, deploy, and uh, manage the malware. So this indictment carries everything under the sun, um, you know, from wire fraud, bank fraud, uh, you know, credential theft. There's just a lot going on in here. So if all goes according to um, the DOJ's plans with their prosecution, it looks like Dunayev will face about 60 years in prison. My. Well, what was Dunayev's role when it comes to TrickBot to get that 60-year term there? Yeah, uh, so so much um, involved in a lot. It looks like it was probably a little bit closer to the inner workings, I would guess, based upon the amount of things they have uh, and accounts of those things that they have um, stacked up against him. But from the actual computer fraud portion um, to identity theft to wire and bank, bank fraud, uh, according to documents, he was also involved in money laundering. It looks like there are enough counts here that some, if not all of them, will be proven by the prosecution, right? So as the FBI said, they have a long memory. Uh, one of the horrible things about committing crimes with a computer is that there's somewhere, someone's recording everything, and computers leave traces everywhere they go. Any attack, uh, as we like to say, has a requirement, and that's usually a network component that someone else has tapped, and they're going to be able to have at least some sort of meta information on your activity that's going to assist a group like the FBI. So there's really, it's true, there's nowhere to hide. It takes a long time to get all that data. Um, but uh, yeah, in this case, it's looking pretty promising for the DOJ. Well, that's that's good to hear. And I'll be curious to keep an, an eye on the proceedings and what we learn as more information is potentially released. And similar to the question I asked Tim earlier that I'd like to end on for this subject, do you think this arrest will have an impact or is this a Medusa's malware type situation? It's a good question. I, you know, I think if the FBI has picked up someone this involved with TrickBot, they likely know about all the other operators as well. Um, you know, they mentioned in the document, uh, many known, some unknown uh, as part of the TrickBot group. I, I would guess that uh, that's a little bit of misdirection and they actually have a lot of details on on people. Um, so I'd guess that Dunayev wouldn't have much he could reveal operator-wise that they don't already know. Uh, once they have that many counts to charge someone with um, and they're extraditing them, they've just been twiddling their thumbs waiting for that operator to make a misstep, right? In this case, Dunayev uh, looks like he went to somewhere in Southeast Asia. They were able to pick him up and extradite him through South Korea, you know, maybe uh, while a, a plane flight back to um, his region in Russia that he's from. So we know many of these groups are based in Russia uh, and that we can't extradite from there. So I don't think this will stop the rest of those affiliated that they may know about within the TrickBot group. Um, so it might keep them from going on vacation overseas. Uh, I doubt this will hamper the TrickBot group much, but that's how these big groups will be taken down slowly, one at a time, through patience, as the FBI mentions. And when their operational security lapses, uh, the DOJ will be waiting at some airport in a country that extradites as they uh, you know, bounce through on a flight. And that's just the way that it's going to go. But I, I doubt that um, this is going to have a massive impact on the distribution of TrickBot. Patience. Mm -hmm. Well, good words to live by there. 
Chad, and I'd like to, to ask Tim what he would rate this at on the, the hoodie goodie scale. Well, definitely not hoodies, uh, unless you're part of the TrickBot gang, I guess. We could do inverse hoodies for from the perspective of the bad guys. But no, I um, kind of similar to the other one, uh, where the other one... The other story went a little broader with 12 people being arrested. This one went really deep with somebody who had been involved in, in TrickBot for such a long time and seems to be um, pretty pretty instrumental to it. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to eight goodies here. And the only reason it's not nine is just because it's it's one person and not more. But I hope Chad's prediction comes true that there will be more and more of these arrests and the thumb twiddling doesn't take too long. So put me down for eight goodies. Eight goodies. Would you agree with that, Chad? Oh yeah, I'll go with eight goodies. Mostly because I think I would only go to the, the 10 level if it was like a complete dismantling, um, which I think we might've actually done before when they took down a whole botnet or something like that. But um, yeah, eight out of 10 when it's one of these arrests, you know, potential intelligence to be gained. Um, but uh, from interviewing the suspect, but, uh, you know, for the most part, it's just one little piece of a much larger group. Um, so good news for what we can learn, but, uh, you know, doesn't stop the entire TrickBot Trojan. Gotcha. All right. Well, some, some happy stories this week, which is always a nice change of pace. I didn't even hear one Chad grunt. But maybe that just says more about my inability to use puns effectively this episode. Yeah, I, I don't grunt after the 100th episode. It's a, it's a new... <laughs> but I, I did. See, this is the... we. It was a handoff. I took that It's a handoff. grunt transition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Well, the, things are changing. But Tim has really nailed your tone. So I don't think our audience will feel like they're they're missing out. You know, because I think the the Chad grunting scale is a secondary one to the the hoodie rating, as well as apparently the expletive uh, scale that came up in hundredth episode. Um, well, I, I think we should end the episode on a fun note, which is of course our game Two Truths and a Lie. I believe I'm up this week, and my goal I'm going to read three article titles, two of which are true, one of which is a lie. It's a take on that that old game, but rather than talking about ourselves, like I said, I'll be sharing those article titles. So Chad and Tim will try to guess. But before we do that, really important question for you two. Mm-hmm. Are we freshening up the board after 100 episodes, or are we sticking with our current score? Hmm. <laughs> I think we should start fresh, and we should switch to Octal. From binary recording of the score. Time for Ockle? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Do, do I get a second from Tim? Is that one mm-hmm. grunt yes? Okay. Or two grunts yes? <laughs> All right. So shall it be recorded? So shall it be done? Yeah. All right. And then after 200, we'll go to hexadecimal. Yeah, we're base 64. We could com- we could combine them all. Um, there's really just, you know, infinite options for... <laughs> Whatever makes running. the board really hard to read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Score OPSEC, for sure. That's good, because then it'll be less obvious how, how poorly I'm doing. <laughs> really, you know, Kelsey, I expect you're going to keep pretty much owning this uh, this game. 
but I don't know. I'm pretty scared. Liar. <laughs> like a slap in the face from your friend. <laughs> Alrighty, are you are you two ready then for the three tar- titles? Twitles. Hmm. Mm. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Article number one. There wasn't any news of a WordPress plugin issue this week. Article number two. There's no I in teen. 17-year-old rakes in millions in Bitcoin with phishing scam. And last but not least... Ransomware attacker revealed by German investigators. Apparently confused German investigators with a French accent. Investigators! Well. Yeah. <laughs> Chad, you got a guess here? I, 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 think I, I think I might know mine, but I'm not. I don't know. These are all, these are good as always. I feel like it's near impossible that a week went by without a WordPress plugin issue. And I think any smart teenager isn't going to, like, use Bitcoin at this point. They're all onto new coins, right? It's, it's Dogecoin and it's Shibu coin. Yeah, Bitcoin is, uh, is very, what, 2019? It's fact. so boomer. It's boomer coin at this point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, Bitcoin. My goodness. Well, and Revil, I mean, I don't even know what that is. Never even heard of it. I'm going to go with <laughs> it being a lie that... We went a whole week without a WordPress plugin issue. And I am going to agree with that, but my reasoning is slightly different. This is kind of a, a ruling on a technicality here. Uh, because I don't think there was an article about the lack of a WordPress vuln in a week. I think there, it's possible that we went a week without hearing about it. But my guess is that nobody wrote an article that said, hey... There were no uh, WordPress bones this week. So so I'm in agreement with Chad for a slightly different reason. Now it's just clear nobody reads my blog. No, I'm just kidding. You're both right. There was a WordPress plugin bug, and it impacted a million sites and allowed malicious redirects. <sighs> another week, another WordPress bug. I was hoping that I could use Chad's WordPress pessimism against him, but I failed. I want, by the way, just on a, to touch on one of the other stories, I want somebody to come up with something called Bull Revil. Is that like Rocky and Bull Revil? <laughs> well, I was thinking of that little bug, you know, that eats up the cotton crop. Oh. The I bull, didn't even know the that bull, there was... Well, you know, the Bull Weevil. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then you could pick the lesser of two weevils. That's right. Oh, the lesser, so the lesser of two weevils. This entire conversation is cerebral. I hated that one. That wasn't good. <laughs> mm. well i think we'll have to end on that note me crying because chad didn't like my pun just another monday really it's another monday just another Mm. monday i know i shared this with tim but did i share the horrible pun that my family member sent me to you chad i don't believe so no give it to me all right i'm gonna have to spell part of it out because you know puns and how they work but i'll read it first a pun has not completely matured until it's fully grown, spelled G-R-O-A-N. Oh. Mm. I, I don't think you had to, or they, or whoever 
had to spell that one out. But, uh, you know, your, they, your family gets you. Isn't it nice to be seen? It's nice and disturbing, like looking in a mirror full of puns. Well, we heard from all those people on the uh, 100th episode how much they appreciate it. So, Kelsey, your fan base is only growing stronger, I'm sure. <laughs> only groaning stronger. Only groaning stronger, is that what I heard? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played. Oh, well, I want to thank you both. It's nice to be back to our typical episodes, but do feel, you know, if you haven't tuned in to Tim's episode with some folks from Mandiant last week, I highly recommend giving it a listen. It's a fantastic episode and we'll be back next week for episode 102 of Breaking Badness. So you'll hear from us again very soon. Farewell, everyone. Farewell. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.